0: Human. I'm Adam Foley.
1: And I'm Elisa Romeo.
0: Today we're talking about Myers Briggs Personality Types Part 2. Hi everyone, welcome to part two of our Myers Briggs podcast. Oh, yeah. Briggs. I have to edit that in yeah. everywhere. Yeah. At least every minute. <laughs> so we were just talking about how Myers-Briggs is like a different language. And when you're listening, you might be like, what is going on? It might be, this is definitely content heavy. But the way you learn it is just like being around it. It's like immersion. You know, it's like going to a different country and just immersing yourself into it. It's like a your first bit. day
1: of Spanish class. If they're, if you were fully in, we're only speaking Spanish. Yeah. You're not going to understand... majority of what's happening but you're starting your brain is starting to wake up to hey there's a different language here there's patterns recognition the more i'm around it the more i start to pick up and myers-briggs is just super super useful and it's really it's kind of like the deeper you go the more you can go it's one of those things where i've been looking at myers-briggs since i was 20. Yeah. Actually, no. I think I was sixteen. Yeah, you were, first time I yeah, took you were my younger. Yeah. We had
0: we used to have your book that had all your notes from like when <laughs> sixteen. I typed everyone I knew, in that yeah. some
1: people incorrectly. Yeah. But um, and that also happens in the beginning. You know, yeah. as you you think you understand, I know what a sensation type is, and then yeah. maybe it's like a language the more you kind of really understand the depth of it and how intricate it is then you'll be like oh i mistyped some people yeah um but then you it just is really it's like anything you make mistakes on the journey to getting there but i yeah. think you ha- being willing to have patience with yourself mm-hmm. and to understand that even just a little bit of knowledge around this is useful yeah. and the more depth you get to it the deeper you can go with your relationships of really not projecting your own psychology on other people, like Carl Jung's statement, the number mm-hmm. one mistake humans make is projecting your psychology onto others and expecting yeah. them to do and be the same. Mm-hmm. So really, it's a psychology, psychological diversity issue. Yeah. Of can I really hold space for someone who's really different than me in their brain? Mm-hmm. And I think um, our book, Holy Love, is really useful around this because we talk in the beginning about valuing the ego relationship, the ego to ego and not just annihilating the ego, disregarding it. This would be in that category. Myers Briggs is a part of the egoic makeup that doesn't change throughout a whole lifetime. And it's not soul, but it is the soul chose it in this lifetime in Mm -hmm. terms of how to orient and understand and process the soul lessons from that lifetime. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like, how do you get to their soul through their personality? what are the things that will awaken up their soul and we'll add a note to the beginning of the other podcast
1: you could also work with adam who is a master at this shit and really great (laughs) speed along you're like yeah yeah but it's true um I think it's the thing with typing yourself individually is it that usually when you're doing a typing session, it's accounted for about 60% of it. It's nice to have what people are typing themselves as, but what happens is like I type myself incorrectly as a P because yeah. P sounds cooler on paper, I think. And I'm a J, which is kind of more boring, but it is truly who I am in terms of I like categories yeah. and classifications. Yeah,
0: so. I wouldn't say they're more boring, but <laughs> well, that's my what um, you thought at the time. Joke. Yeah. yeah.
1: Interpretation of it, so
0: yeah, I can definitely help find type. I am. I would not to brag, but say I'm an expert at this language at this point in my life because I've just found it so useful. So you've hung
1: around it so long.
0: The first category we talked about, the S versus N, is kind of about how you re- perceive the world. need to know if you're an S or an N, If you're more in the moment of thinking about back when You need to know what makes you tick You can go along Miles breaks Where this next category is about how you make decisions This is the T versus the F category The thinker versus the feeler category are you somebody who, and, and again, don't get caught up with the words. We don't want to think that thinker people don't feel and feeler people don't think, but it's really where do you find the motive for your decisions? Are they coming from your emotions? Are they coming from more of a rational, logical place? So One
1: thing they will say around TF, and I don't know if this is on your list, but is that um, compassion versus justice. So one way they'll kind of determine if someone's a T or F and the testing is kind of like, um, is it more important to be fair or is it more important to be compassionate?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: like if you're a judge, you're probably going to be a T. Yeah. In terms of, well, that's the rules. That's how that's how it goes. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. either ordered or not in terms of the assessment of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, Fs are a little more usually like, the counselors or the social workers in the system where it's like well but what was their upbringing what was their trauma how can i yeah. kind of yeah
0: and definitely both can be forces for good and i so i have some examples here that i think will sort of flush that out a little bit so there's again Two types of thinkers and two types of feelers extroverted thinkers, introverted thinkers, extroverted feelers, introverted feelers. And so the extroverted thinkers are often focused on effectiveness. It's how do they reach their goals? What's the most efficient path? How do they get from point A to point B? And they're driven by outcomes. So in this case, sometimes emotions can get in the way of that. It's like, I'm gonna make this plan despite my emotions because this is much more efficient for me to make this choice this way. Um, I'd say one example of like how it can also be a force of good is like if you took an extroverted feeler, uh, sorry, an extroverted thinker and a feeler, and they both watched a news story about homelessness. The feeler may be suddenly feel a need to go like volunteer at a homeless shelter where the extroverted thinker may step back if they're called to do something good on this cause here and make a plan of like, well, I'm gonna start a business and then we're gonna donate money to support the homeless. I have
1: a friend who went to India with her brother and she was devastated by seeing the level of poverty and she couldn't function. She was really like, I don't know how to like process the world and the meaning of things, the injustice of, you know, just like poverty on the planet and he was so much less affected in terms of functioning back home and she was like how are you doing okay and he was like well because i decided to take a certain amount of my income and give it to a charity in india so i'm like over it in the sense he kind of thought of what he would do he did a healing action he made a decision he did it and then he was kind of able to just move on without being kind of inundated by the yeah. feeling integration of it long term and I thought that was really interesting
0: yeah it's kind of like what we talked about in Hinduism before like the karma yoga versus the bhakti yoga karma yoga like good actions bhakti yoga like heart like love basically mm-hmm. um,
1: and it was affecting her actions later yeah. and everything and how she it expanded her empathy but yeah. she had a different way there a different process yeah. it wasn't so simple for her of just taking a percentage of her income Yeah,
0: and I think that's because feelers they are navigating life through their feelings so it can mm-hmm. really feel like their feelings are their identity mm-hmm. like it's so much a core part of us where thinkers can have a feeling like oh i'm sad about this but then but it doesn't affect my identity it, she was
1: envious that. and i think feelers yeah. can be envious of thinkers sometimes because it was yeah. cleaner he yeah. was made a decision and moved on and he wasn't yeah. kind of struggling with it the same way she was and in some ways she's like he actually got more quickly to a, a helpful action around yeah. it. But then also, the way she was changed was from like a much, almost like deeper level yeah. of allowing the experience to change her in all forms through all ways. But it she wasn't might be as,
0: going more through like a spiritual transformation yes. through that process. Yes.
1: It wasn't as clean and yeah. put in a box in terms of yeah. what was happening.
0: Yeah, like, I'm going to let this break my heart open to discover more meaning in life, similar to, like, when I was in India, you know?
1: Exactly, and then uh, interact with every person, Indian or not, in a different way because of that experience.
0: Yeah, I feel like India is the perfect example because there's so many homeless people that will just approach your car, like, at every intersection. Yeah. And so... You have to say have no to, to some of them. Yeah. You have to say no, and as a feeler going through India, every single person you're like, oh my god, and some of them are like children, and you know it's like heartbreaking every you're like stop.
1: connecting on a soul level and feeling their, yeah. you know, energy. is it helpful
0: to feel that all the time? Not always. <laughs> yeah. It can be really draining, you know, yeah. and exhausting. And I would say also extroverted thinkers can go to that negative side where they're not aware of their feelings and they're just making effective plans that are not in you know relationship to doing good for the planet. Like uh, corporations and CEOs can be extroverted thinkers that are like, this is the most effective plan, efficient. I don't care if I have to plow down the rainforest to, to yeah. get there. So there's pros and cons to every type. Um, so moving on to the introverted thinker. They're more internally focused on what's accurate, so they're more asking themselves like, "Does this make sense?" and they're analyzing the data from all the everything that's happened to them to try to make an objective decision. They definitely see like truth as something that's objective opposed to subjective, Uh, where I'd say feelers are very in the camp of truth is subjective for every person. At least I am. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to get the most accurate and true decision, and it can be almost like like a computer scanning for bad code and like trying to pull out the things that are inefficient or imperfections to the choices. And that way, sometimes emotions can be seen as that as like, this isn't clean data. It's affected by your opinion, or affected by your feelings on it. Um, this type, they can correct people quite a (laughs) lot and often people take that really personally you know Mm -hmm. but they can often come from a true desire of like oh well you want the most accurate truth too right don't I'm sharing it with you I'm giving you the most accurate truth where a lot of people will feel like why are you you know being so nitpicky about these little things Um, the benefit of accuracy thinking is they can make great like policies that really work they get really into like what's not efficient about the system weeding it out i'd say like or if,
1: details of like instructions how to put something together like absolutely yeah yeah absolutely furniture. yeah furniture or like uh we have a friend who's focused on accuracy you called over to help you put up our pergola right
0: uh i have to think about his personality type there but Because he's very good at
1: details of like, no, this is specifically, or like, oh, yeah, yeah, like uh, he's really good at um, rules in a game and a board game, too, Mm -hmm. where I just literally, I'll feel into the rules. (laughs) And that only goes so far later when you're like, wait, I don't know what's happening right now.
0: Yeah. And then. As these letters combine together, they make different things. Mm -hmm. So if you're an NT versus an ST versus a ISTJ or an INFp, or you know, they all the combination all makes different things. So they can show up very differently. But I would say that a lot of STs or thinker types can yeah get really involved in the set of rules of a game where the Fs are like interacting with the people in the game
1: i was uh, like that was sports too growing up yeah. for me people would get really competitive or into the game and i was like i choose my activities based on who's doing them yeah like i didn't care about soccer mm-hmm. and so my friends did and i'd be like i care to soccer to the degree i'm like having fun on the field with my friends yeah
0: it's like the first time i played poker with like a group of guys in high school <laughs> i like convinced them all to fold through like manipulation <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't understand the rules of poker really, but I'd be like, "Oh man, don't you want to be like playing those video games over there, you know?" Like, then
1: you are like, "Ha, I, I won." And I won. Uh, That's very I figured Leo it out. Yeah. You. I'm
0: also a Leo, so I like to win, like but to not win. by the rules. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so then for the feeling types, which obviously Elisa and I are feelings type, you might hear we're slightly biased towards feeling types as much as we try to be unbiased. But so much of our work and our life calling and mission is based off of this. And well, ourselves. I think also
1: the world is oriented so much more around STs. Yeah. So I think our work, we see it as more as even up the list. I can't speak. No, Level I'm saying the playing everything. field. I'm probably getting a migraine. This yeah. is when I get a migraine, guys. Yeah. I start to go into like strokes and saying everything yeah. backward like Zed Leplin. Yeah. Um, even the playing field.
0: Nice. <laughs> I'm also gonna edit that into every okay. every minute here. So on to the feeling types. There's introverted feeling and extroverted feeling. I am an introverted feeler, and the word for introverted feelers is an obsession with authenticity almost to their detriment. It is they are always scanning their feelings about things, how they feel about it, if they resonate with it, and if it feels genuine to them or not, Uh, so much so that it can make... You know, can give them a stormy, dark personality. Sometimes, if they feel like something doesn't resonate, or they've done actions that are not in con- perfectly incongruent with what they're feeling internally. Mm-hmm. Um, introverted feelers, you might s- hear them slightly pause before they say anything mm-hmm. because they're literally checking it. in. Hey, does this really resonate? with me or not does this feel in alignment with my values you're
1: so good at that and i use you for that all the time because Mm -hmm. i am pretty bad at that i mean definitely in sessions i'm always stopping Mm -hmm. and going in because that's how i get my information but i often am unaware of my body hence Mm -hmm. why i get migraines sometimes because i'm like going out psychically extrovertedly into concepts and ideas and i'm not aware of like i haven't been breathing for two minutes or um Or I'm holding tension in my back. And you're so good at, first of all, seeing that in my body and noticing for me, but also just because you are so regulated in your own nervous system.
0: Yeah, I would say.
1: It's a a nice anchor for me in the room.
0: Yeah, introverted feelers do have a a self-regulation thing. Mm -hmm. You're very aware of how you're feeling all the time. They can often be counselors uh, because they... The first, they understand that everybody has so many feelings because they spend so much time investigating their own feelings. Mm-hmm. It's like investigating all the little caverns of like what's inside and, w- and the complexity of each feeling. So after you're an introverted feeler for a while, you begin to understand everybody has very complicated feelings mm-hmm. and there's no correct answers to anything. So you really end up holding a lot of space that everybody can have whatever feelings they need to have. Mm-hmm. Extroverted feelers, which is your type, often figure out what they're feeling through interacting with somebody or the outside world. So as soon as you're feeling it, as soon as you're thinking it, it's coming out of your mouth. And then you come to the realization at the same time as your audience does. You know? And sometimes
1: I'll tell you, you know, I don't want a solution right now. I'm gonna talk at you yeah. for five minutes to know how I'm feeling. Because I have yeah. to process it verbally yeah. to kind of even know really what's going on with me sometimes which is also why soul journaling is really useful because you can do that to another person at another person you can also do it to your soul and which is good if you're putting all the pressure sometimes on your partner to have another outlet of where to do that
0: yeah if you start talking like i'm feeling nervous and then i'm like oh well don't feel nervous you can you i i will stop your process. Right. Where often you need to just talk about it and yeah. then at the end of the conversation you feel totally differently. Yeah. Where if I have complicated feelings, I like to sit by myself, mm-hmm. get them sorted before I bring them up to the surface. Yeah. Um, but it can be hard to express my feelings sometimes because yeah. I have to like figure out what I'm feeling first yeah. before yeah. I can express it. Um yeah. So I think people get introverted feeling, extroverted feeling, because we've sort of talked about it, yeah. you know, throughout the thing. And to end the podcast, I just want to say one more category. I mean, oh, that's where okay, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> so the JP not, difference. It's not over
1: yeah. yet.
0: So the JP difference is the last letter of the four letters. Um, not a cognitive function. Talks about the two middle functions. But mm-hmm. that might be too, informi- too much information mm-hmm. t- for you right now. What's it? TMI or whatever. Um so the judging versus perceiving is um judging people like to have structure in their life, they like to create a plan, they like to do lists, there's a certain safety when they know what's coming next and having their lives feel organized. Where peas often feel more relaxed when things are open-ended, when they know that there's no schedule, that anything could happen, that there's possibilities. Sometimes after
1: making a decision, J's will feel relief after making the decision, whether it's even the right or wrong decision, and P's will feel better before the decision is made, and then a little anxiety from making the decision of, was it the right decision?
0: Yeah, and sometimes change their mind. They'll be like, I don't, oh, I'm going to change my mind five or six times on this because I have more anxiety by having a decision.
1: I'm definitely like that. If I'm like, should I get the red shoes or the purple shoes, and I'm back and forth, back and forth, well, when I finally decide, purple shoes... It's like now I can stop thinking about it, and yeah. I have relief at that. But peas might feel like, oh, I kind of enjoyed holding the possibility of which one would yeah. be. And
0: yeah, I saw a bumper sticker today that said, "Let's get lost." And <laughs> it's like a Jay's nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> and I and, or like there's that Tolkien lost together that token quote that's like all who wander aren't or, lost. Uh-huh. You know. I feel like that is the anthem of the P archetype, because it's this feeling of wanting a freedom of open-endedness, of like, there's all these roads and I could take any (laughs) path
1: here. For an ENFJ, it's Um, like, let's get lost within a two-hour period, knowing we're going to get unlost at the end of it. (laughs) Like, I like the idea of getting lost for a period of time so I can go into that space, but knowing also I'm going to come out of that space.
0: And I, I've changed a lot where now I do like structure our trips and stuff. But when I used to travel, I used to be like, we'll just go and figure it out. And I'm like, um, what does that mean? And there's this desire of putting yourself in situations where you so, sort of have to test your wits. Yeah. Of like, what am I going to do? It's like a way of figuring out who you are almost. Yeah. Um, where Jays don't have that same impulse.
1: And because I'm at NF, what I also like to do is, because they also say the JP differences is one of the most trying and interpersonal relationships in terms of marriages or whatever, because on a Saturday morning, what are you gonna do? The P's like, hey babe, don't harsh my barge, let's have an open-ended rolling through the world day. Mm-hmm. And the J can create more and more anxiety of like, okay, I can do that for an hour and a half, but then like, where are we getting lunch or like or the children need xyz or so yeah. i need some kind of structure so i as a feeling J, mm-hmm. I like to have a structure that's also open to being shifted yeah. based on my feelings so for me i'm like with adam i'll be like hey i need a skeleton of today i'm yeah. open to that skeleton changing in terms yeah. of the outline but mm-hmm. i need to have some kind of idea or my anxiety will build if i don't yeah. have any idea what's happening all day yeah
0: yeah and i think that works very well for us unless there's we have to be doing things at a fast pace you know like if i have too many decisions i need to make quickly i just burn out you told me that the other day
1: you're like because as i can shoot extrovertedly at you a whole bunch of like we got to do this and this and this and i'm kind of like talking out loud not meaning it has to happen because you're you're extroverting your to-do list basically (laughs) and i do that all day long in my head and you're like for a P, I think, I forget what you said. I think it's also for an INFP. It's like, the the what do you say? The worst feeling is when uh, you're yeah. constantly bombarded with the ideas of things that can happen, but you don't know when and how you're going to do it. And then...
0: Managing a bunch of small tasks yeah. is basically like the thing I hate the most in yeah. life.
1: Which is what I'm always thinking about.
0: Yeah. Managing small tasks. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I think yeah. as a parent that, you know, because before I had kids, I definitely... It's not like I like doing yeah. that, but I think as a parent, there's all these millions of them. Did you? Well, I think it's your things? way
0: of feeling, uh, on top of life. And you know, when things are crazy with the kids, it's like, let's make a structure so yeah. that we have something to lean on yep. in this. So also pay, <clears throat> can't speak now either. Also, peace speak just more open ended. Mm-hmm. They're like more into poetry and music sometimes. Uh,
1: Associations Where, of comedy, we talk about that a lot. Oh, puns, things P's like that. Love, kind of like imaginative, like this could happen. Oh yeah, and then this would yeah. happen. Oh my god, and then this would be funny. And yeah. as a J, I sometimes get like, yeah, is this going anywhere? But there's yeah. a joy in that kind of
0: absolutely. And J's just usually speak more decisively, more concrete. Like, what is this? What is that? A uh, one example they use is like a J might ask a P, "Do you want orange juice?" And the P might say, Orange juice is good. So just in these little statements just you can feel when I like... bring
1: you the orange juice and you're like, Why'd you bring me the orange juice? <laughs> I'm like, You said it was good.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So uh, yeah, just flushing out the language of those two things can be really helpful. And yeah, I think that's sort of as much information that I was so in infor- um, you know, so content. Information heavy. heavy yeah. Um I could go on, but I think we'll keep it Ended there, so I know I knew we had to make this podcast because we just talk about these letters so much, so people could have something to come reference. Uh, again, if you feel confused, forgive yourself. It's confusing at first. We've been studying this for years, and if you want to do a session, I can help type you explain your type a little bit better. With relationships, we start talking about the exact dynamics that happen between you know extroverted s introverted n how are you guys going to be interacting on a daily basis um and try to make that more efficient and i
1: would say the top three books i think around this are holy love because the four spiritual relationships help you do this work Mm -hmm. with understanding the egoic types and then type talk there's type talk at work type talk at love i think Mm. those are a good intro and then the please understand me books part one and two are all good references to if you're interested and want to kind of lean into it 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 can be really fun to start typing your friends and family so that you can practice like oh if i restate the sentence more towards their type what happens and you might be surprised at the intimacy and level of kind of like how it resonates for someone when you can really um kind of yeah aim things towards their type it can yeah. have really beautiful outcomes
0: or even strategically like at work with your boss yes, or something absolutely. if like your boss is giving you a project and you keep suggesting these open-ended ideas and you're like oh wait they're a j they just want to know what the structure is more than what the you know most innovative creative ideas here and yeah. so how do i phrase this in languaging that's gonna actually make this happen
1: sometimes i'll do that too if like an st says something really direct and just a question i can be like ooh, because if i was going to phrase something in that way it would have some kind of an emotional charge or intention to it yeah and it can feel sometimes like not um nuanced emotionally and so i could do a whole spiraling about what that means in the relationship but sometimes they're just like asking the question in a way that's a little more clunky or clumsy to me but they're literally just want the information it's more neutral or simple than i would have assumed and then when i psychically look at their type yeah. And, and, their, and their intentions of where they're coming from. So it's a way to really yeah. lower projection and miscommunication.
0: I would say that would be you projecting your type on them, yes. assuming that they're reading all the emotional cues yes. that you're putting out. And so then you're offended when they say something that's unaware of that. But one is not more evolved than the other because they might be, they might be the most pure hearted person ever and they're just being direct about the way they're absolutely.
1: So it's, it's really useful, this stuff. And one thing we both do too in sessions is we can look energetically, intuitively at someone's intentions around Mm. something. Like a lot of times what I'll be doing is going line by line with someone Mm. for an email to their boss of like a big raise question or something Mm -hmm. like that and we're really aiming the wording to the type so that the email's more able to land and be so it's really about taking out yeah yeah miscommunication but also like helping the negotiations helping people get on the same page
0: you know i think a good example is we did a session with a couple that was an infp and an intj so If you know semi what I'm talking about now, it shows that you're becoming a little proficient in the system, even though that might be a lot of information. Like, now you know those phrases and can kind of start sensing out those personalities. But so... The INFP kept asking the INTJ to join them on some spiritual workshops and read spiritual books with them. Because they were really longing for a sort of emotional interaction to be feel like they were in the same space emotional space with them, and the INTJ kept agreeing and saying, "Well, okay, I like this work," and then they kept reading the books and saying, "Well, I agree with this and I disagree with that and I'm open to this because they're
1: a T because their T function is like I'm classifying the information in terms of Mm -hmm. I agree with it or not and I'm understanding it mentally and rationally." Yeah. And the F is looking for like, but I want to feel it with you. I want you to feel it and to change you in a certain way.
0: So they kept being confused because they would be saying the same sentences, but from very different places. She'd be like, please, can you read? I'm just using an example, but like the love languages. And you'd be like, oh, this love languages are great. And here's why they're great. Um, But she wasn't getting that emotional feedback or interaction she was looking for. She wasn't asking for him to give his you know Just opinion the content. about it yeah um or the content she about. was like how can we use this as an access door to access this thing i'm trying to explain to you or, or uh, engage with you on an emotional level with so that was an example where once we understood types we could hone in what was she really asking for yeah. what did she really want out of that and how could he really show it up and they had done that this for like years they had done that type of miscommunication for like three years
1: and then once he got more clear of she's craving not just a content engagement but yeah. an emotional engagement then he could focus more on that and like understand that yeah. her happiness or sadness around it was oriented that way that helped him a lot to know how yeah. to meet her
0: yeah yeah so it's very useful in so many ways um i would just... i had a tea client mm-hmm. the other
1: day and i love that he said this he was like what do you what do you two mean <laughs> Because it was me and his wife kept talking about how she was looking for a certain degree of uh, presence. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what do you guys mean? What does it mean to be present? What does that mean? To be present for someone? And I was like, that's such a great question. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be able to just like spell it out. Like she's mm-hmm. looking less for solving problems and kind of coming with mm-hmm. content. And more of, can she feel you emotionally in the room really being... Yeah with her emotional state being empathic and in relationship to her mood that's shifting through her process
0: yeah so i'd say the the biggest benefits just real quick is first it allows you to uh, accept your real nature and to stop feeling like a weirdo or an outcast and you can really accept who you are Uh, know your type use it to your advantage second is you stop assuming others have your personality type so there's not miscommunications on value system levels or you know uh, communication level third we can develop our personality type so if we know that we are an introverted feeler and that our con is sometimes we can get stuck in our own self we can uh, make the choice to extrovert a little bit and we can develop our types. And so this was Jung's whole goal in spelling these types out was how do you individuate? How do you then use your way of perceiving reality and making choices to maximize the success in your life? And in my own words, what I think individuation is, is incarnating your soul, your unique uh, blueprint who you're supposed to be here in this lifetime. So I just say, it's like knowing the tool you're working with. It's like, are you working with a hammer Indiv- yep. or a screwdriver? Yeah. And so if you're working with a hammer, you're going to know how to use that now. <laughs> but if you're confusing your tools, you're, you're trying to do the wrong thing with the wrong tool
1: yeah i think individuation is becoming your true self and there's certain process process around that of releasing programs of who you never were to surrender into who you've always been in terms of like on a soul level a self with capital s level but it's also kind of yeah understanding your nature yeah and and then working with and going more towards it yeah standing up for it
0: Mm mm-hmm Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, I would love to hear a little feedback if you want more content like this. Uh, So just shoot us an email or a podcast review. So thanks, everybody. Enjoy your day.